0: All right, welcome to Talsmart uh, panel discussion. Uh, we have with ourselves, Andrew, let me see, Andrew, my screen's not moving. There you go. So the agenda for today's panel is, first we'll go with the panel introduction, then questions for the panel, QA, and and the next steps. We have with us, Andrew Coding, who's the Sales Enablement Manager for eRepublic. Give me a second, Andrew. Just let me stop sharing and then you can give your introduction. Over to you, please.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity to share on this call a little bit about my experience and to help other sales reps and companies that are looking for some different solutions and things that they can leverage to find more success. Um, My name is Andrew Cotting. I'm the sales enablement manager for eRepublic. I've worked in the SaaS solutions industry, primarily in a sales capacity for the last 13 years or so. Um, started out like everybody else, kind of working my way up through the sales chain. And right now, I'm, again, the sales enablement manager here at eRepublic.
0: Well, oh, that's really, really interesting. So let's start with the panel, Andrew. Uh, so the topic is winning corporate sales strategies for 2022. And Let me discuss what the problem uh, we'll be discussing. Number one, very important, adjusting to an uncertain post-COVID world. It changed the world for all of us, especially for salespeople. You know, we used to be very, very, uh, very active on the ground, and suddenly we were put behind the computer screen. Number two, trying to build trust virtually. When I'm meeting you in person, I'm carrying my persona along with And it's easier to build that trust When I'm shaking hands with you, we are talking over coffee, lunch, or uh, beer or whatever, but it became very tough. And number three, getting in front of decision makers. People are again, because nobody was coming to the office and still they are not, they're working from home. So these are some of the challenges which we are facing and the, these are the questions which I'll be discussing with you. The first question for you is, what sales and marketing tips drive growth in 2022? Or I'll say, what sales and marketing tips drove growth in 2022? And any tips for 2023? Yeah, Over to absolutely. you.
1: Yeah, this is a great question. So we've seen a lot of companies struggle with, you know, like you said, not being able to meet in person, uh, boots on the ground, that sort of thing. So there's a number of strategies that we've leveraged here that we found to be really successful, as you said, for this post-COVID world, where a lot of the things and engagements that we're having are in the digital space. With that said, um, there's really a, a few things that we've done to to be more effective um, with this new environment that we're working in. Uh, the first, you know, the first thing is really cleaning up the data that you have. I think this is a really important component for success. Uh, For example, you got to have accurate contact information, organizational data. This is a really key component for my sales and marketing team's success. Um, Some of the processes that we've carried out to accomplish some of this are, you know, eliminating duplicate data, having complete contact information for current clients and prospects. Uh, Phone numbers really aren't enough anymore. You always want to make sure that you have correct email addresses, um know where they're located know what time zone they're in to know the best time to reach out to these people and i think another part of it too is just overall enhancing the communication strategy using automation uh just to increase the amount of touch points that you're having um this is this is really key especially um with a lot of these engagements happening in the digital space as i mentioned. It can even be just things as simple as creating a rough outline of all the different services you offer and what you can bring to the table that's unique. Um, Build your messaging around that. Build it into some campaigns that you can trickle out throughout the year. Uh, You never want to wait until there's a renewal or a problem to contact any of your clients. Uh, A lot of times I see individual contributors They'll be making a ton of phone calls, like a ton of cold calls or sending a ton of emails without having a formal strategy in place. Um, I think really making sure that you have that organized data, um, centralized content, and a really developed marketing strategy. This allows the sales reps to be a lot more effective uh, and thoughtful in their outreach. That's really going to drive the growth that you want. Um, And I really can't stress the automation piece enough. This just allows you to be more proactive in those touch points with prospects and clients uh, without asking your sales and marketing team to spend all their time calling and emailing. Um, Having ready to go email campaigns with updates to your product, uh, updates to your company. This is gonna provide value to clients without them outwardly asking for things from you. it just helps you stay on their radar. You can create you know future at back to show you know value before they're ever asking for a meeting. And the automation piece, it doesn't really mean uh, huge changes. It could just mean having some email templates. Uh, it doesn't even have to just be uh, messaging. Like we've automated our quoting and proposal processes. Um I've just found that these can be really labor intensive tasks that require a lot of number crunching. And these are things that you can avoid in the post-COVID world. So That's my answer to the first question.
0: Oh, no, that's really interesting. So tell me a little bit more about the automations, what you have put in place. And also, Andrew, what about cold calling? Is it dead? People are responding to it? What has been your experience with your team?
1: Yeah, so let me first answer the question about cold calling. So I found there's a few a few issues with doing this Uh, you know obviously it's a strategy that historically it's worked you know there are occasions where people will be doing cold calls and they'll get somebody to answer but the only the only problem that we've really seen with cold calling is we can't get any data on how effective they are it really just seems to be anecdotal if you're using um, email automation, for example, you're able to pick up data on your clients. So let's say you send out a thousand emails. Uh, if you're using an automation tool to do that rather than making cold calls or just sending them from your outbox, it's gonna give you valuable information about people interacting with those touch points. It can tell you how many times someone's opened an email, for example, or if someone's clicking the email multiple times or using the links that are in that email. You send a thousand emails out, it's a lot more effective to know who to call if you can see who's interacting with the content that you've sent the most, if that makes sense.
0: True. And I completely agree with you. In our case as well, what we've seen that is cold calling, it's too cold. I mean, for any sale, which is a transactional sale, which is a low ticket item, it still works very well because people can take a decision on the fly. But when we're talking about B2B complex sales and there are so many stakeholders involved, it, it's it's just not the right thing. And I think the the, the campaigns and I believe the content, uh, we believe that it has to be about your clients, not about you. It has to be about their benefits. It's about the value. It's about how you're saving their time, effort, money or something in their life so that they are compelled to at least respond, check or do something about it.
1: Yeah, Once you have exactly. that,
0: yes, you can set up a call uh, because otherwise you're just spamming people and people are annoyed.
1: Yeah. And you don't get any data on any of it. Um, you want to know who's interacting with your content. You want to focus your efforts on the, the hottest prospects, if you will, or the people that are most engaged. Um, having metrics on who's engaged and who's not, I think is really valuable.
0: Correct. i sorry, I missed that point about data. That's very, very valuable because otherwise you're just shooting in the dark. That brings yeah. you to the. Uh, that brings me to my other uh, question. Let me just share my screen here. So. Oh no, I didn't. You you can't see my screen, right? Can you? No, let me share my screen. Not yet. Okay, there you go. Can see it now. Yep. So that brings me uh, to my second question. What sales training solutions you found to be most effective?
1: Yeah, so there's a few things um, that we've used to to be effective. I I really think that there's two types of training methodologies. There's what I call random acts of coaching, (laughs) and then there's high impact coaching. I think at the end of the day, you want to have a type of coaching that motivates the team and shows up in a dashboard, for example. Um, Everybody is different. You can't coach, you know, one sales rep the same that you coach another. You need to find out what motivates them and you need to find out where they need to be coached to come up with a strategy uh, to help them succeed. We can't necessarily give the same training course or uh, platform for every single sales rep. They all have different areas that they need to work on. I think first, it's really important to identify what that is and what that looks like so that you can come up with a personalized training plan, if you will, for each sales rep. <clears throat> um, I also think that the the coaching plan needs to fit with the rep's uh, expectations and what the results that they are expected to have should be Um, and just make sure that there's accountability. I also think that again, you know, using data is really important to find uh, low-hanging fruit uh, and also be able to track your own coaching impact. Is it working? Do I need to change what I'm doing? Um, And I think training for the long term and making that investment uh, is very important. Um, You need to train your reps just beyond selling. Um, You need to be able to embrace failure sometimes. Um, But most important, you have to train each of your sales reps equally. There's a few things that I've done um, in regards to this. So one of them can be as basic as even training them on the tools that we have in place. Like if you bought Zoom Info, make sure that they know how to use that. Don't just buy it and give it to them and expect them to know how to use it. It's like Buying a car for someone that doesn't know how to drive and you just give them the keys and you expect them to know how to drive the car it doesn't work that way. Um, make sure that if you're going to purchase a tool like that, that you have an effective training strategy to go around it. A lot of times when you pay for a tool like ZoomInfo, they'll do the training for you. They have people on their end that are experts where you can you can almost just set up a time with your contacts over at you know, whatever solution that you purchase, they'll typically have people on their end that you can leverage to train your team on on how to use the product. And then you just want to iterate uh, from there. You know, for our email campaigns, going back to kind of the last question, you know, we use HubSpot. Make sure that they know how to use HubSpot. Make sure they know how to export contacts from Salesforce, for example. If you're using Salesforce for your CRM or uh, Microsoft Dynamics or whatever it is, Make sure that they know how to get the uh, contacts they need, make sure they know how to set up those email campaigns. Um, and again, a lot of times you can, you can lean on the company that you're paying for those products to help kick off training and a, and a strategy for your sales reps. A lot of times they'll already have a lot of content and videos that you can use for your team uh, to help them with those things. Does that uh, make sense? Does that answer part of your question?
0: Oh, absolutely. Hang on. That's amazing. So uh, when you talk about uh, personalized training, that's amazing. Uh, Regular coaching, I completely agree with you. So how do you evaluate your sales team, every individual salesperson, about what their strength areas are and what are the opportunity areas? Do you use any kind of assessments and more specifically, any assessments pertaining to IT and software sales? Sales.
1: Yeah, it's a good question. So there's some basic metrics that I will look at, and and I and you know this is another thing is I, this is data that everybody should be tracking. More emails and and more phone calls doesn't necessarily lead to more sales. Um, look at the content that they're sending. Um, listen into some of their calls to see what they're saying, how they're positioning the product. Um, those are the types of things that I'll do on a regular basis to just find out like what do they know about the product? How are they describing it to a client? What do their emails look like? Are they too long? Are they too short? Is the content relevant? Uh, those will usually give me some areas that I can identify where uh, they need some coaching. Um, so that's kind of the first thing is just knowing, know what they're doing, be, have an intimate relationship with them to where you're Spending time looking at the content they're sending, hearing what they're saying to prospects or current clients um, in their interactions, and then coming up with a personalized plan around that to help them be more effective. And then it's just that ongoing coaching and and shaping um, of those sales reps to help them grow through the coaching that you can provide. One of the things that I do on top of that is I actually, I have a library, if you will, in our Salesforce that I update and maintain. This library includes things like um, content pieces about the different products that we offer that they can quickly just send to a client, like a product overview with the big hitting points, bulleted out with some screenshots that usually will leverage marketing to make it look really nice. Um, but have a product overview that they can just quickly fire off to a prospect rather than trying to describe everything in detail that the, the product does. Have some email templates that they can use that you keep updated on a regular basis so they're not just randomly coming up with content that they can send out. Um, have a strategy that... Um, that is also linked to marketing leverage your marketing team to help them come up with relevant content that they can send have a library or database where they can go and um, regularly access that content that you and marketing keep updated for example Um, record demos record some of your best sales reps giving demos Um, you can use that for coaching purposes and also onboarding new sales reps that you've hired where they can see what a successful client-facing demo looks like. Um, those are just a few of the things that that we use here. Um, a couple other things I think this might be part of your next question that I already saw is leverage LinkedIn learning. Um, we've leveraged that. There's a lot of great content on that and it also helps them feel like they've, you know, accomplished something because When you when you pass the course on LinkedIn, it it goes on your profile. For example, you get a credential. There's another service that we've used called Credly. I don't know if you've heard of Credly, um, but they get an it's a you can build your own custom courses on Credly, and once they complete those courses, they get like an actual diploma. And those are things that they can like post in their email signature or on their LinkedIn, for example. So that's just a few of the strategies that we've used.
0: That's really, really interesting, Andrew. And, uh, you know, what I'll do is we have the uh, the IT and software sales skills assessment, which are specific to the IT and software sales. I'll send you a link. It's a free link. It'll take 10 minutes. Uh, Please have it sent to your sales people. It'll just take them 10 minutes. And it's about the entire sales process, starting from, the sales prospecting all the way to closing, and just let me know who took it, so I can just share or just tell them to write the company name, and I'll. They won't get the reports, Well, they'll just get a badge because they invested their time, which they can share and flaunt on the social media. But I'll send you their reports so that you will know about each and every individual what their uh, what their um, strength areas are and where the opportunity areas are. So that'll help you coach one to one. So that's amazing. Thank you yeah. so much. Let me kind of go to my third question. And before that, sharing my screen for you. So again, yes, you 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 uh, answered a little bit, but I'll just reiterate. How do you train sales rep to be effective? Because just the training itself is not going to do that good. So effectiveness is very important. So how do you train sales rep to be effective? Over to you.
1: Yeah, for me, this is more of a philosophy. And for some organizations, like the one that I came into, it was really a cultural change within the sales organization. Um, you have to build awareness for sales reps to have the ability to like care about their clients, for example. You really got to get to know them. Um, don't just contact clients when you want something or you're trying to get a meeting. I think developing relationships with each and every client and prospect is a key component to building trust that will ultimately lead to um, a sale. People feel a lot more comfortable doing business with people that they trust and know than someone that they don't. Another thing, too, is um, set big goals for sales, Um, help them achieve those big goals, have a plan in place to achieve those goals. Um, I think part of the training process is help is having them tell you what their goals are and then coming up with a training strategy around those goals to help them achieve whatever they are. Another thing that I think is really big in my philosophy is take action every single day. And that means having a plan every single day. Um, I'll typically spend the last 15 to 20 minutes of my day outlining what I'm going to do the next day, the clients I'm going to contact, who I'm going to coach, what I'm going to say in in those engagements. Um, I think We waste a lot of time in some of the key hours of the day coming to our desk and trying to figure out what we're going to do that day. I think if you can come and sit down or wherever you are, some people like to stand when they work, having a plan already when you start your day really helps you hit the ground running. So I think having spending a few minutes at the end of your previous day to to know what you're going to do the next day is really important. Another thing too is part of this philosophy of my training is ask really great questions. Um, Know what's important to your clients. You're never going to uncover what their pain points are if you're not curious. So you have to constantly be asking questions. I also think listening is just as important. Uh, You're not going to figure out what those things are unless you do a lot of listening. So I think you want to let For me, my philosophy is that I typically try to let the client speak at least 75% uh, of the time when I'm on a call with a client. If I ask a good question and I know what those questions are going to be, I can let the client do most of the talking. And it'll usually lead to things that I didn't even ask. So that's really my philosophy around training.
0: Yeah, no, I I like it. I love it. I like this trade, take action every single day. That's very, very impactful, Andrew. So in in our case, what we do is uh, what we figured out that the traditional way of training on a PowerPoint and overloading them with a lot of text is not going to cut it. So I've been training for the last 20 years and my thought process for the training is more practical oriented training. I don't need any theory for theory. They can go to internet, read books. So with Smart, what we did, we converted the entire sales training into a movie-based sales training. And it becomes very, very interesting. And this movie-based sales training is based on a case study, which is specifically for IT and software sales. It's about the sales rep called Sam, and he's trying to win this million-dollar deal selling the, the software, the services, the platform. And it goes through... Uh, with the entire mapping of the org structure, the emails which have been exchanged, we give give it to them in the uh, before the training so that they know what the case study is. And then our trainers, they go through that, they can pause it and say, okay, fine. What would you do, Andrew, if, if this thing was the case or that? So it, it becomes very interesting. No, thank you so much. I liked all your points about you know taking action every day. Data and matrix is very, very important. And then personalized coaching, it has to be very regular. Otherwise, number one, it becomes very monotonous. Number two, you don't know whether we're heading in the right direction, who's doing good, who's bad, who's ugly. And we believe every individual can be successful in sales regardless of the personality. It has to be at the right place in the sales stage because basic personality can be changed, but the behaviors can be altered. So, And your point about listening is very, very important. If you are the only one talking in the conversation, that means you're not grasping anything what the other individual is telling you about. So amazing, thank you so much. That brings us to the end of this panel, Andrew. Just wanted to have your feedback as to uh, how did you like the panel? Is it good, bad, ugly? Anything which we need to change?
1: No, I thought it's was great. Uh, it's short and sweet to get to the point. Um, high level questions that allowed me to kind of expand off of that, which was nice, kind of just let me turn loose on some of those questions, which was great. Um, I like the format. Um, I like the timing. So I I appreciate it. And uh, um, there's there's not a whole lot I I would change about it. I I enjoyed the conversation.
0: All right. Thank you so much. And I'll send you the link, Andrew, have a look at it for the, uh, that's a free uh, evaluation kind of assessment. I think you and your sales rep will love it. But anyways, thank you so much. Take care. I'll just stop the recording first and then we'll say goodbyes. All right.